Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and I am pumped to be joined, as always, by the wonderful Brooke Destra. Brooke, we're going to be finishing off our Predicting the Flyers lineup series on our previous two podcasts. We broke down the top six and bottom six in the forward group for the Flyers. Today, we're doing all three defensive pairs. So, Brooke, I will start with you. Let's start with your first pair defense for the Flyers entering the season who makes it up yeah so I I always like to start with a a little preface to um the chaos that is whatever my lists are and I did not realize how weak they were on the right side Mm -hmm. before going in and looking at this um mainly because just with the Tony D'Angelo move finally being finalized and him going back to Carolina, I was like, ooh, if you look on the Flyers' website and you see active right-hand defensemen, you got three of them, and one of them is Ryan Ellis. So <laughs> so with that, um, I know we were just talking right before the pod started. I'm not married to any of these lines, and I think that this is a really big season of letting – the kids play as much as possible to try and figure out what they have, if they're going to fit long-term picture moving forward. Um, The only one that I feel is a lock from the jump of this season is going to be Cam York on that top left. And surprisingly, well, not surprisingly, I I feel like I harp on Ristolainen a lot, but not because of his play, not because of his character. I'm just not a fan of his contract, but his agent did a great job. So I I see that top line, at least from the start of the season, maybe being Cam York and Rasmus Ristolainen. Um, It's it's time to give Cam York that opportunity. He earned those minutes rightfully. The team trusts him. The organization is behind him. And I feel like he has that opportunity to really solidify himself as that top one pair. And Ristolainen coming off of his first year of this new shiny contract, you know, really, really impressed a lot of people, you know, a solid player, physical player. And I think that the two of them will really complement each other's styles. And that's, that's my tentative top pair. It's, it's a little crazy. Definitely. If you asked me a couple months ago, what I thought it would be, it wasn't going to be that, but <laughs> yeah. Cam York, Rasmus Ristolainen, number one, let's, let's get crazy. Jordan Hall. Brooke, I'm going to echo your sentiment. Like what they have right now defensively is far from perfect. 
far from perfect, but I guess that happens when you trade your top pair of Ivan Provov and Tony D'Angelo, or at least they were the top pair to start last season. Uh, and then a guy like Justin Braun retires. So suddenly everything is kind of all over the place on defense and they don't have things ideally slotted with lefty right. So I think you see things change every season defensively in your pairs, but I think this season for the Flyers, it's going to be a ton of change, a ton a of running around. But I have the same exact pair. I want to see Ooh. Cam Yorkbrook. We great minds think alike. I want to see Cam York finally get that shot. Not finally, but he's he's now played in parts of three seasons here in Philadelphia, and he is your future. And I want to see him play on his natural side, which is the left. And the best way to do that is to have him play on the top pair. I think he's ready for top pair minutes. See how he does. You have the flexibility of kind of moving him around. And Ristolainen is a ready shot, and I think that works well with Cam York. And perhaps they complement each other a little bit. York more of a push the envelope, uh, get the puck up the ice, you know, with his legs kind of player. Ristolainen more of a physical brand of defense. Um, so I think there's a nice compliment there. And one thing I noticed, Brooke, is Ristolainen last year, while he took solid strides, he played the fewest minutes per game of his career. So I think the Flyers made a concerted effort to, to lessen his load, not shelter him, but lessen his load and allow him to be more effective that way. Now I think is the time to maybe up his responsibility a little bit, see if he can do it in top pair minutes. Um so perhaps this is a little bit of byproduct of the environment for the Flyers, yeah. but I like York Ristolainen, lefty shot, righty shot. And I think Ristolainen's got some some more things to prove uh, after last year, being one of probably the more improved defenders uh, on the back end, Brooke. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, like this is just kind of bouncing off of what you said, like this is a really big year for a lot of players to prove something. And, and while – he already has this contract set in motion. He's like, people are going to want him to keep improving and working up to basically what he's getting paid to do. So I think the Flyers trusting him and giving him that kind of leeway and responsibility of holding top line minutes and kind of being that anchor really for York, who I feel like they're very yin and yang. And while I say that they're, they complement each other, it's because they are almost so opposite in terms of their style of play. Um, so I, I think that he's one of those, Ristolainen is one of those players that when you give him that opportunity and you give him that trust, he's really going to rise to the occasion. And I think that the same goes for Cam York. I, it'll be a, a really interesting combination, but I think that it could be rather I, I don't want to say exciting, but, you know, exciting to, to see, like, how they would play off of one, one another. And, again, I think that the top line should always be two players playing on their true sides. So that was also a really big push for me to make those my top two. Yeah, a big emphasis for the Flyers last year was working with Rasmus Ristolainen and getting Brad Shaw and John Tortorello to work with him and – and make him improve. They still saw upside there. Um, and we all know what, where he played prior to the Flyers, and that was in Buffalo, where there was all kinds of turnover in terms of coaching. So they wanted to get Ristolainen in a more settled environment and work with him, and he saw improvement. But at the same time, 
he did play the fewest minutes per game of his career. Now I think if they're looking for the next step, it's to give more minutes to him and see how he handles it. And Cam York, I thought once they drafted Cam York in 2019, you were thinking lefty shot, top pair. And now mm-hmm. Ivan Prokop is no longer here, and that lefty shot, top pair role is up for grabs. Let's see if he uh, see if he takes it. Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports book. Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, Brooks, second pair defense. What do you got? This is where things get a little crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, and mainly because I looked at these two players and I was like, based on what they were brought in for and based off of contract, I would actually be really shocked and semi-concerned if they ever dropped below the second pair. So that's kind of where my brain was setting this up. Um, but I have a pair of Travis Sanheim and Mark Stahl. And again, Sanheim is coming off of a really weird season. And I think that people kind of dropped expectations with him. And I believe that the, he is capable of a lot more. He's capable of finding his game and solidifying it to be a reliable defender on the blue line. Um, Again, not really sure. Like last season collectively for the team was an odd one. So I don't want to completely dismiss Sanheim's abilities based off of one year. Um, So I see him sliding into that second line and I know that it would bump Mark Stahl over to the right side. He has a lefty shot as well, but he's somebody who has played under Tortorella in the past. He's played against the Flyers so much. Um, When he was with the Rangers, he's coming off of a Stanley Cup run with the Panthers. I mean, he got no points in the Stanley Cup run, but that's aside from the point. He has that experience, and I think maybe it would be a really interesting mentorship with Travis Sanheim to try and help him solidify his game and you have a really, you know, solid, well-established veteran here now. Um, And I really don't see Mark Stahl jumping down to that third line and getting third pair minutes, especially when they were so high on when Stahl was interested, like there was a mutual interest in him coming to Philly. So that's where I'm at now. Again, it's, double lefty shot on the second line, but we're going to have to make do with what we have because it's, we're, we're a little depleted. <laughs> yeah. Again, far from perfect. I was thinking the same thing, Brooke. I also had Sanheim stall. I think stall could play the left side. That's Jordan kind of- Hall. We are on the money today. On the money. <laughs> I, I'm, and I'm, now I'm really curious as to what, what we have for that third pair. I think that's going to be interesting, but uh, yeah, second pair, I think stall is going to be on the left side. That's been his home for his whole career. And why I why I like it with San why I like him with Sanheim is I, I'm interested to see what the presence of Stahl can do for a player like Sanheim who has really fought his confidence. He fought it, I think, all last season. We've always talked to Sanheim about his confidence. And he says when he's a confident player, he's a different player. Uh, when he's moving his legs and he's taking the puck up the ice and he's making things happen, like he stands out. There's games, there was games last year where he where he had himself going. 
And you're like, man, why isn't this Sanheim every night? Right. Um, I think a guy like Stahl, who's 36 years old, he's played over a thousand games in his career, 128 in the playoffs, and his MO has always been steady, reliable defensively. I think that's a good person to put next to Sanheim, take a little bit of pressure off, and also let Sanheim play a little more freely and not have to be one of the guys. So we'll see what kind of player Sanheim becomes in this contract, this new eight-year deal. Is he a tweener between a top pair and a second pair guy? Possibly. But second pair defensemen are valuable. They get paid. Um, so there's no, there's nothing wrong with that if Sanheim becomes a real strong second pair defenseman. No, not at all. And I'm not ready to write him off either. Was he disappointing last year? Yes. I think he would agree that he did not have the season he thought he would have. But there's still a ton of ability. He's 27. We've seen it before from him. Um, I think in the right situation uh, with the right defensive partner, he can be better and he will be better. So I think, Brooke, he needs to aim for like 35 to 40 points. I believe his career high is 35. I think there's no reason why he shouldn't aim for 40. I think there's going to be more responsibility on his plate. I think he's going to play some power play, which he hadn't seen it in the past couple of seasons. I think he needs to be one of their top minute guys again and, and aim for something big. And I think 40 points would be a nice, a nice bar to set for him. What do you think? Yeah, I can dig it. I yeah. mean, <laughs> it's, you really don't know where a lot of points are going to come from this season. And again, just kind of looking at like the whole broadened perspective of now looking defensively and offensively, there are so many question marks. So while Sandheim's kind of already been locked in with this contract, again, being able to prove it, like I know that he is the kind of person and has that kind of character where he he's not like, I got the money, I'm good to go. Like, let's go play hockey. You know, he wants to show up. He wants to improve. He wants to be an asset to this team in the future. So he's going to work hard to basically right his ship and if that comes with a couple extra points to kind of help offensively on the blue line, then I'll take that too. Um, but again, I feel like there's just, there's a lot of toss ups and you're not really sure what's going on. And, you know, these could be the lines for the first week of the season and then everything might be in a hat and shaken up and here you go. Let's try something new. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like you said, I'm I'm very curious to see. I feel like he could pan out um, as a true second pair, which is nothing wrong, especially when you have Cam York again, lefty shot. If he really comes out and shows what he's capable of doing and locks that one spot up, you know that that just means security down the left side. So I'll take that. Exactly, and there should be competition. I think between him and York, you know, to, to play on that top pair. And, and with Travis Sandheim, I'm, I'm eager to see how he responds to all the offseason buzz. Um, I'm sure players get away from it in the offseason, but it's 2023. They're aware of things. Their phones are probably going off. And he was very much in trade rumors this offseason. His name was floated out there a bunch. So... Sandheim, I think the Flyers are interested to see how he responds to that. Sometimes that can light a fire under a player, uh, can motivate them. Sandheim is regarded for being a really nice guy, and he is, and there's nothing wrong with being nice and being a good teammate. 
But I'm sure I think John Torella has said it. He would like to see more, more of a player, more of a guy that's going to get upset and and angry and kind of let that fuel him. Um, I think Sanheim deep down is a motivated player. He wants to get better. He's dedicated. Um, he comes across as nice, but I think deep down there's going to be some fuel for him and and for him to prove himself this year, especially after the the crazy offseason the Flyers had. Sure. So, Brooke, third pair, where are we going here? It seems like we have maybe three to four options. I'm, I'm eager to hear what you have to say. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I, I have a feeling that out of everything, this third line is kind of going to be like a rotating door, basically, a revolving door. That's the phrase. Yeah. <laughs> um, on the left side, I would very much like to see Zamula get extended time with the Flyers. You know, he he played, I believe it was like 14 games this past season. It was 11 games to kick off last year, and then he came back for three at the end. And, you know, in total, he's played under 30 games collectively with the Flyers over the past three seasons. I feel like he's kind of just been thrown into opportunities and then – as if it didn't click immediately, it was like, ah, let's send him back to Lehigh. He's still got time to grow. Um, I, I think this is his year where he, again, the extended time and Danny Briere again, continues to stress on, we want to give these young guys the opportunity to show us what they're capable of doing, which is why I think that he's going to earn that extended stint. Um, now his partner on the other side could really go a few different ways. Um, initially, I have Sean Walker, who was acquired in the three-team trade when they shipped um, Ivan Provorov to Columbus. Now that trade was more primarily getting that 22nd overall pick in the draft. However, I feel like Walker has a lot of potential, and it's he's coming in one year on his deal, and wants to earn a spot with this team and you know he's he's working for a contract and he's a he's a solid skater he's a solid player you know for bottom pair minutes I think that it could be really strong and you know if something there isn't really connecting I see Ronnie Adderd finally getting that shot um with that bottom pair um initially why I think it might be Sean Walker is to kind of give Zamula an opportunity to play with somebody who's been established and see where that takes them. But again, not married to literally any of these. Mm -hmm. And they're probably going to change 800 times throughout the season. But I, I'm sure Adder's going to have a decent amount of time up here at some point as well, just because they want to see what they're what they're capable of if he's able to make this transition to the NHL or if they think he needs another year or two in Lehigh Valley. So, but first I'll go with Zamula and Walker to start the season at least. I think that's very fair. And we're, I think this is the first time, Brooke, we're going to differentiate a little bit. Ah. Here. So, <laughs> um, no, I, I think Zamula should be here. The reason I think he should is because he's, I definitely know he's no longer waivers exempt. So, the Flyers are going to have to, I think, want to keep him on the roster because if he has to go through waivers to go to the Phantoms, I think there's a decent chance a team might be interested in him. Um, 
he was an undrafted guy. So perhaps some teams don't really know about him yet and they don't really know exactly what his ceiling could be. Maybe they still think he's too raw to take a chance on, but nonetheless, he would have to go through waivers to go to the Phantom. So I think that's going to really make the Flyers want to keep him here uh, and work with him up here. Ronnie Adder is waivers exempt. So I think he ultimately will start next season with the Phantoms. I don't think they're going to have any real gripe with that unless he blows him away and proves that he should be in their opening night lineup. I don't think they're going to want him to be an extra. So I think Adder goes to the Phantoms. I have Zamola on that left side, third pair. And then I actually have Nick Sealer, Brooke. I just, okay. Okay. Yeah, just for me, I, I think him and Walker, could, Sean Walker could absolutely flip flop. I think it could also maybe be Sealer and Walker. Zamola did have surgery on his left shoulder in April. He's expected to be fully recovered, but perhaps maybe they want to, you know, not put too much on him early. And maybe he's a little behind the eight ball uh, come the start of training camp in the season, strength wise. He, we all know he's, you know, he's a skinny kid and definitely needs to add strength still. Uh, but for Sealer, I just thought he was one of the most improved players on the team last year. A lot of people talked about him winning the Barry Ashby for the best defenseman on the team. I just really think he earned the right to play every day this year unless something comes up and they really feel like they need to put more kids in the lineup. Um, and it can't hurt to showcase him. He's going to be in the final year of a contract. And we all know his his name was rumored last year at the trade deadline. Um, same thing this year coming up. I think his name could be a popular one if he's playing every day and he's having the, the type of year he did last season playing pretty much every day on the Flyers third pair. Uh, so I just think he's earned that right, and I would like to see him next to maybe a kid like Zamola. Uh, to me, Brooke, as as you alluded to, if Zamola's here, and I think he will be, I want him playing. He's a he's a prospect. They talk about playing kids on the back end. Let's figure out some of these kids. Uh, Sean Walker was included on that deal. I don't know if the Flyers necessarily were like looking to add him. He could have been a you know perhaps uh, an add on for the Kings who wanted to clear some cap. Um, but it's still a valuable player. I think he played 70 games last year for a playoff team. So uh, before uh, obviously coming here in the off season. So, uh, but in a perfect world, I think uh, I go with Zamula and Sealer and I have Sean Walker be the extra man. And I would have Ronnie Adder be down in Lehigh playing the most minutes of any defenseman, but very much. I think this could go either way. And I am certainly not uh, tied to these at all. I think all three could be different Brooke. Um, on these pairs yeah I, like I said you this is a whole season of figuring out the now I know again we're entering this new era of orange this huge transition within the franchise but genuinely it does it feels like this huge shift both off the ice and on the ice and they're going to use this entire season to figure out the identity of this team and the core of it all and what they want to be culmination-wise moving forward in this rebuild. So I think they're going to do everything possible to really get these kids as much time and as many assets as they can to showcase what they're what they're capable of if they're going to fit in this rebuild. If, you know, maybe they're a great asset to move elsewhere to get some you know things by the debt the trade deadline um but it's it, it's really interesting and i feel like while forward wise you kind of have a general idea of where these lines are going to go 
it is really a toss-up when you look at this team defensively. So, you know, a lot of things can shift and change throughout the season. And, you know, who knows? We could be right on the money or we could be completely incorrect. Yeah. That is that is the fun of off-season discussions. You just you just never know what's going to happen once training camp and that opening night roster come up. And Brooke, a kid that might be the most under the radar but probably shouldn't be is Emil Andre. Uh, I think that's a kid that could really push. I thought the Flyers raved about him at development camp, and Brent Flair, the assistant general manager, told us after development camp that he feels he can play with NHL guys now. Like He, he would love to see Emil Andre play with NHL yeah. players because he stood out that much in development camp. He's been so good playing in the Swedish Elite League. Uh, in his home country, he played big minutes over there as a youngster, um, a real tiny kid, but a competitor, defends hard, and he has puck-moving abilities too. There's some uncertainty whether he'll be here with the Phantoms or if he'll be back in the SHL playing for his team. I believe it's HV71. Uh, but uh, the Flyers, I think, are hoping that they can work things out with his people in Sweden and get him here at the pro level in North America, whether it be with the Phantoms or even pushing with the Flyers. It wouldn't be surprise me if at some point we saw him make his NHL debut with the Flyers. So definitely a kid to keep an eye on. Uh, and it's good to see the Flyers have some prospects pushing. I think that's what this whole youth movement needs to be about is realizing what kids are at the sur- under the surface that could be pushing and getting closer. Definitely. And Emil Andre is actually one of the, the players that I, I hope, starts with lehigh valley um just because again like there's no there's no waiver issues just get him at at the pros let him settle in you know stateside basically and you know get acclimated to all of that and kind of work your way up to you know you hit that halfway point of the season and you know the big guys are like all right like how how do we really like try and you know shake things up defensively and they're like let's bring a meal up (laughs) so but he's actually one of the very not very few prospects but in terms of like defensively I am incredibly excited to see what he's capable of I think if he does spend majority of his time in Lehigh Valley he's going to be a player that people are going to want to keep tabs on I feel like this is a season where people are heavily going to be excited looking at the Phantoms as well so you know, it, it's it might be worth a couple of trips to Lehigh Valley, Jordan. Yeah. Little Flyers talk action in Allentown. <laughs> I know, but both of us might be having to uh, head up the road and go to PPL Center, a really nice venue. Oh, it's beautiful up there, venue, yeah. Great venue. And a team that I think, Brooke, as you mentioned, will be worth watching. And I think part of the intrigue with Emil Andre is he played overseas. So just a lot of fans don't get the chance to watch him. They didn't get a chance to watch him play in Sweden. They probably saw him play in the World Juniors. They probably saw him play a little bit with the fans at the end of last year, but you don't get the chance to see him a lot. And uh, people saw him at development camp, and I mean, he just looked head and shoulders better than a lot of the you know yeah. young players on the ice. Uh, so certainly a kid that will be push pushing and uh, worth watching for sure. But Brooke, we'll be watching it all come training camp in September. We're getting closer and closer. We'll still have plenty of content over the rest of this month of August, getting ready for September where. It's going to start feeling more like fall and more like hockey. But Yay! Brooke, 
Thank you so much. As always, great seeing you, great chatting with you. Really enjoy breaking down the lineup with you. A big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru, for always being flexible with our time. And a big thank you, of course, to Flyers fans for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time.